we believe every person has the right to realize all that is possible for their future. Are you someone who is near retirement, who has been diligent about accumulating wealth and is now navigating the what's next heading into the next chapter of your life? Welcome to the Dream Architect Life Podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson from Sweet Financial Partners. In this podcast, we aim to help shift your focus to the things you can control so you can put your money to work in turning your dreams into reality. Through our trademarked process, The Dream Architect, we make wealth planning fun, informative, and enjoyable. Join us on this journey where Brian and Brittany will explore how you can eliminate your limiting beliefs in the pursuit of all that's possible. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to today's episode of the Dream Architect Life Podcast. Brittany Anderson here with a gentleman who is not Brian Sweet. So (laughs) I give the formal introduction here. Uh, You actually get the great pleasure of meeting one of our other partners at Sweet Financial Partners, Oliver Kolofsky. Now, I'm going to read and Oliver, I get to talk about you while you're here. So we'll just make this as as least awkward as possible. Um, Oliver's knack for simplifying the complex and generating creative planning strategies for our clients has earned him the unofficial title of the smart guy in the office. Now, I think Brian's the only one that's actually given him that title, but we'll all go with it. All jokes aside, Oliver thrives in creating opportunities in even the most complex cases and in painting a picture that allows the client to make informed and educated decisions. Since joining our sweet financial team in 2007 and becoming a partner in 2013, Oliver has worked closely with the advisors in the office to help our clients create the retirement they can't wait to wake up to. Uh, What some may not know about the poised and often reserved Oliver that you'll find here is that he enjoys driving race car, has been an avid hockey player and coach for much of his life. When he's not doing cool stuff like that, you will find him hanging out with his family, his lovely wife, Emily, and his sons, Jace and Van. Oliver, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, You mentioned the race car. I'm actually, I, I think we might weave that into the conversation today. Oh, okay. Well, I'm intrigued now, even yeah. more so than before yeah. we started this. Yes. Um, so, you know what, Oliver, we're going to dive right in because I think today's topic is really interesting and timely uh, given yes. the spirit of the season. So today's all about charitable giving. Uh, we are so darn fortunate that we tend to work with really charitably inclined people. We do. Yeah. yeah. So Oliver, you work so closely with many of our great clients so can you share how you see people make decisions when it comes to charitable endeavors and really finding out what's most meaningful to them? Sure. Yeah, there's, uh, I would say, various ways to to answer that or look at that. I would say, number one, uh, t- like a timely impact. A lot of times we'll see a maybe a capital campaign for a specific project or, or mission. Sometimes clients will even put up uh, matching where if, uh, if some group of folks or the public uh, donate a certain amount, they'll match it. Um, we see that one very popular. Another one is uh, maybe through uh, a memorial of a loved one. So let's say there's a a scholarship that's created for for in memory of a loved one or for a certain purpose. We see that one quite frequently. And also, as we think about charitable giving, uh, kind of try to think of charity as a nonprofit. So if you, let's say, enjoy 
um, you know, being on the walking trails around lakes in, in, in your town and you want to improve that, you would probably give money to like the, the city, let's say, which is, is technically a, a charity in the sense of it's a if it's a nonprofit. So slightly changing the dynamic of how clients think about that uh, can really be helpful in, in terms of their giving. Mm. You know, I think Oliver, that, that brings up such great points and we'll talk about this as we go through today, but sometimes just choosing the charity can be the hardest thing. Oh yeah. Yes. Very true. There's so many opportunities. And when you are a giving, uh, by nature person, you want to do a little bit for everybody. So sure. we'll get into that in a moment, but Oliver, you know, we, we went through your kind of official bio. Yep. Um, I didn't mention all of the credentials, but it is so true. You have so much genius and value to bring to the table. So I would love for you to share for our listeners sake, what's been your journey? Like what got you into this field and you know, what are you, I guess, most excited for, for the future of Sweet Financial? Sure. Yeah. So if we start with the journey, I would say growing up, um, I always liked numbers. I generally liked problem solving, uh, liked working with people. Um, and I always knew of, uh, uh, knew of Sweet Financial, uh, growing up here in, in Fairmont. Uh, so as I went off to college, I, um, you know, talked with several folks and tried to decide, well, what what career path might a person take that likes numbers, problem solving, but also likes working with people. I knew I didn't want to be just a number cruncher all, all day. Uh, really liked that interaction, working with, with with people. So, you know, one of one of the one of the routes it got narrowed down to was was financial planning, um, which I, I really enjoyed. You know, speaking with people, um, learning more about it, reading books, and then. In crossing paths with uh, with Sweet Financial uh, back in 2007, it, it worked out, and uh, definitely got the progression over the last you know, coming up here on, on 16 years, it's uh, it's been wonderful. So just really excited about all the the positive impact we can make uh, to clients, to uh, uh, to the community. Um, certainly, the planning through the Dream Architect process really really generates excitement. Mm. You know, Oliver, I think you brought up such an important point that so much of what you do, because you also head up our wealth services department. So you're working, you know, one-on-one with clients, you're supporting advisors and you're running that department. And a lot of what, what we do is really problem solving. Yes. So I think that's such an interesting thing is that our focus is obviously number one on the relationship, but number two, it's really, how do we make the complex simple? And I think that's something that is so valuable uh, that you absolutely help people with. So I, I think that's that's just an awesome addition to the team. Uh, so Oliver, I want to know when you like think about you know the different relationships that you have and the clients that you serve. Yep. What are some of the strategies that people could use? Something really simple that they could implement today as part of their charitable giving strategy. Sure, I would say that's it's. Uh... I'm going to say dependent on age a little bit, and and let's use like age seventy and a half as the as the cutoff, which is of course a, a goofy age, but that's uh, one of the one of the tax rules. The age is seventy and a half. So someone, if someone is age seventy and a half or over, and if you have a traditional IRA, uh, which a lot of a lot of folks would have, uh, doing something called QCD. There's lots of acronyms in in finance, it seems, but QCD means qualified charitable distribution, which means if you give money from your IRA directly to charity, you won't have to count that amount as income. So in essence, you got to deduct it as the the tax rules changed several years ago. 
And a lot of folks aren't getting a charitable uh, deduction. Of course, that's unique to your tax return. But a lot of folks, if they give cash, aren't really getting a tax deduction. So something called a QCD or Qualified Charitable Distribution, which in essence is using your IRA to fund your charitable giving. It's 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 maybe sounds a little intimidating with the acronym, but it's a, a fairly straightforward and, and simple uh, process. And that's really great for those age 70 and a half and older. Mm. You know, Oliver, I think it's interesting because, you know, we really try to mix some of the technical with the strategy with kind of the bigger vision. Sure. And, you know, one thing that I want to point out and pull here out of the conversation is that as you hear us talking about charitable giving, you're sitting here listening, going, okay, I'm getting my hands around this. I see there's opportunities, maybe yep. things I haven't thought about. The big thing I want to point out here is this is all tied to your bigger vision yep. and your bigger dreams for the future. So for our listeners tuning in, it's so important to start high level first and really think about things like legacy, impact, right. um, value systems that people yep. want to pass down to their kids and their grandkids. So I think that's something that helps people make really well-informed decisions that they feel really good about Yes, and, and they get excited about. So then the stuff that's like, okay, we're talking about QCDs and these acronyms that right. Oliver mentions, it brings purpose and meaning to them. So then people get excited versus it feeling so transactional in nature. Um, so yes. I think that's what's so cool to see when people go the yep. technical route, it's all tied to their big dreams Correct. and goals. Yes. Yeah. So Oliver, I'm going to flip this back to a personal one. Okay. What does giving back mean to you personally? Yeah, I would say, of course, it can mean various things to various people. I would say, you know, giving back would be, you know, being giving with time, time and resources to really make a positive impact on on those you care about most or your or your community. Um, and I mentioned time because we do get the question from time to time is like, if I donate a lot of my time to charity, which a lot of po folks do, is there a tax benefit? And and the answer is, is no. Uh, but certainly time is uh, is something, you know, so many great people out there doing so many great things. You know, time, time is something where we see a lot of folks giving, giving back as well as uh, resources or monetary type items. Yep. Mm. I think that's such a great point because, you know, Oliver, we've had these conversations internally and with yep. people we serve that as people are going, let's just talk about like the from versus the two. Yes. So they're coming from a lifelong career, yep. owning a business, um, duties with families, if you have kids, and then all of a sudden you're having to define what you're going to. So yes. we all know where we're coming from, but where Correct. we're going to can be yes. a little unnerving, let's call it. So I think you bring up such a valid point that as you're thinking about your charitable inclinations and really what you see as a vision for your future, thinking about how you're spending your time and what will give you purpose and meaning. Yep. That really comes to the core yes. of this. If you yes. think about it, you know, there are so many people and there's so many great organizations that you can, can spend your time. And if you think about it, it is the only commodity we can't get back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we can't right. make more of it. We can make more money. Um, we can make more things. We can make more stuff per se, uh, yes. create more opportunities maybe, but you can never get your time back. Correct. So yes. I think that's, um, yeah, it, it's such a, it's great representation of how we see so many people giving back, not just on the technical and the financial side. Yep. Uh, so Oliver, I want to flip this around a little bit too. There are definitely many strategies for charitable yes. giving. Yes. There are ways that you can use your time, as you mentioned. Uh, but what about some of the mistakes you see people making? Sure. I would say, I would highlight maybe one item and it's, 
maybe a mistake for some, for others, it's maybe not a mistake, but I would say uh, maybe cash gifts to charity of just giving, writing out a, a check, let's say to charity. So as I alluded to a few moments ago, the tax law has changed uh, several years ago and um, it's harder, it's more difficult to get a tax deduction for cash gifts than it was several years ago. So for some folks, maybe giving something other than cash, maybe giving investments that have appreciated in value, maybe as I mentioned a few moments ago, giving from your IRA might make more sense. So still being able to give to charity, but from which account you give and when can be important and and giving cash or writing out a check may not always be the best. For some folks, it is, but certainly uh, evaluating other options to, of course, make an educated and informed decision, uh, where for some, uh, just giving cash might not be the best uh, strategy, or might, there might be other options that might allow them to give more because they save a little bit more in taxes. Mm. Yep. You know, Oliver, what you make me think of is, you know, part of our mission and how we serve and who we serve is that we want to be that first phone call for people. Sure. So whether they're looking at, you know, like you said, making yeah. some sort of cash value donation or cash equivalent sure. donation, um, they're buying a vehicle, they're thinking about a new house, a second home, a really big vacation, you know, whatever that looks like, yep. I think this is so important. So regardless of whether you're a client of Sweet Financial or not, I think there's so much value in reaching out to somebody who can help you make an informed decision. Yes. That's really the goal of all of this, Correct. I think. Yep. Um, so Oliver, we talked about a couple, I guess, let's call them really simple strategies, uh, things that people could implement. But what is often overlooked in some of the more, call it complex, meatier situations that you've run into? Sure. Yeah, I would say... For certainly situations where a person or a couple's tax situation will change over time. Let's use like a business owner, for example, where maybe in the year in which the business is sold, there's a spike in income and potentially they're in a much higher tax bracket at that point than they would be, let's say, in retirement. So when we look at charitable giving, is there a way to be and let's say in control of uh, the money or you control when to give money to charity, but also control the timing of when you get the tax benefit. So if we look at a situation like this, instead of giving, let's say a person's going to give $5,000 a year to charity for the next 20 years, let's say, and these numbers can be about anything, but use some round numbers here. Um, but let's say maybe in the future, they're going to be in a lower tax bracket and that $5,000 a year they give to charity is really not going to have a lot of uh, tax impact. But what if in the year they sell their business, they can get that full $100,000 benefit, but not actually have to give the money to charity. And that's where something called a donor advised fund can come in into play where a person can get a larger tax deduction now without actually having the money go to the final charity uh, in in the future. So that's a, a, a great way to stay kind of in control of when the, when the charity gets the money, but you also control when you get the tax, tax deduction or tax benefit by kind of accelerating the tax benefit into a, a current year where you might have a large spike in income. Hey, Brittany here. In case you hadn't heard, our latest book, Dream Architecture, is available for the taking. Think about it like this. What is your biggest, wildest dream of what retirement could look like? Not the dream that your friends have or your parents maybe had or your coworkers. Your best dream. 
the unreasonable one, the one that you might have trouble admitting even to yourself. So that is what the dream architecture book is about. Hop on over to dreamarchitecturebook.com so you can start dreaming big today. You know, I think this is a great example of how so many situations are different and opportunities can come from different scenarios too. So, you know, you give the example there of the business owner, you know, we do often work with business owners leading up to a sale or a liquidity event, Um, often work with retirees who have been in a same or similar career for a really long time. And timing is really important, especially in, in today's world. And obviously laws are changing and there's things outside of our control and you can't control the economy and all that great stuff, but we can control how we get guided advice and how we ultimately make what could be the best decision for our individual situations. Yes. Uh, So I'm going to phrase maybe this next question with a little bit of a story. So it was interesting because I was recently in a conversation with a, an entrepreneur friend of mine. Okay. Um, he runs a kind of a big, call it a mastermind. So group brings in groups of people and provides great resources and training and all this stuff. Well, it was really important to him to have some sort of charity tied to the admission fees. Okay. Okay. So we're in this conversation and he's like, the problem was, is I was in a total state of decision fatigue. He's like, I knew in general, the type of charity that I wanted to donate or contribute to, uh, or add impact to, but he's like, as I started digging into it, how do you know what's legitimate? What's not, you know, what's going to actually make a difference, how much of it goes to the actual cause versus maybe the operations of the charity itself. And it was just interesting hearing that. And this isn't the first time I've been in conversations like that, where people are really struggling to make those impactful decisions. So Oliver, you touched on this earlier, kind of talking about, you know, thinking about what's meaningful, you like walks uh, on the paths in your town, sure. uh, giving to the city, that kind of thing. But is there anything else or any other piece of advice that you could give to help people make decisions on what charity they want to give back to that's really most meaningful to them? Yeah, I would say, or kind of think about what you're most passionate about. That would be uh, step number one. But I, uh, step number two would be to have conversations. A lot of times charities like to hear from uh, donors and donors would like to share maybe their thoughts or why why this particular charity is most impactful to them. So, And maybe there's a connection or maybe you speak with the charity and maybe there isn't quite a connection and that might give you further insight that maybe this charity isn't, isn't quite the correct one for what I would like to see as the vision and, and you move on on to the next. So certainly having having that conversation is uh, is a great thing. And then kind of changing the mindset of what what exactly is a charity. Think of it like a charity is is like a nonprofit. So it, sometimes people don't realize that certain things, let's say like a town or a municipality is in fact, you know, in in the truest sense of the like the tax law, it's it's technically a, a charity because it's a tax free. So something like a uh, you know a dog park is is coming to town or something, and you want to help with that. If you're passionate about um, animals and giving them a space to to roam, that's uh, uh, something that could be uh, uh, something that you'd want to have a conversation about. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oliver, I think of this and it's a little facetious, but I think about things that are like the best kept secrets. Sure. And sometimes the the great charities or the great giving opportunities, let's call it, um, they're not out there parading around asking for money. 
Uh, so I think that's something too. I think you bring up such a great point to reach out, to have those conversations. If something sparks your interest to see what you could potentially do to add impact, to add value and to give back to something that's really meaningful. You know, it's, it's just like businesses too, and marketing. Uh, you know, we talk about how businesses can sometimes keep their great services a secret and it's just, there's not the right marketing around it. And marketing can be looked at as, I don't know, a negative or a dirty word because it seems self-serving, but that's so not true. It's about putting out there what value you bring. And it's the same, whether it's a a charitable type company, entity, nonprofit, or it's a business, it's, it's all kind of the same thing. Yeah. Um, so Oliver, I'm going to, I like to flip back and forth between the personal here and you know what the culture here at sweet financial is. Uh, we talk a lot about pushing through and overcoming fear and helping people lean into possibility. Uh, so I want you to think of a time where you personally strategically overcame fear and didn't let it stop you from a moment of growth and learning. Sure. So this is, it's going to go back uh, away. So let's go back to rewind, uh, if you will, to maybe 2002 or so. So I had always wanted to to try auto racing or car racing as my my father had done it for a number of years. So I finally got the opportunity in, in uh, I believe it was 2002. And, uh, you know, my first few attempts at it, uh, I really struggled. I didn't do well. And it was something, I suppose, like many things in life uh, from the outside, it looked like it'd be pretty easy to do. Pretty straightforward, pretty simple. Uh, which wasn't the case, at least for me, it was, it was very difficult. And I struggled. And at that point, I was like, man, I had always wanted to do this. And, and I'm not very good at it, which <laughs> makes it not very fun for me. So so now what? Uh, do I kind of move on to, to something different? Or do I continue? Do I maybe change strategy a little bit? And uh, as it turns out, I you know, continued with it and, and had a lot of success over the years. And as I, as I look back, I, 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 I don't, uh, not in auto racing uh, any longer, look back at kind of some of the best memories uh, over the past, let's say 20, 25 years would be with, uh, with family and friends around auto racing. So it was something uh, kind of a point in time where I had to, I had to make a decision. And uh, I guess in hindsight, I think it was the right decision and allowed me to grow and, and learned a lot along the way as well. Mm-hmm. I, I yep. think that's such a cool story, Oliver. And you know, you know how it is. I got to find meaning in everything. Sure. So yeah. we're going to go there for a second. You know, it immediately made me think, cause you, you made the comment about how you were at this pivotal point where you had to decide, do I throw in the towel, take a hike, find a new hobby, a new, new right. thing of interest, right. or do I stay the course and do I keep pushing forward? And I think that's such a valuable lesson for our listeners, uh, whether you're thinking about it from your own point of view of, you know, overcoming some hobby or or I'm sorry, overcoming a fear in a hobby you're interested in or something you're trying for the first time, or it's about your finances and your wealth plan. I I think that oftentimes where people kind of fall off track is when they don't stay the course to kind of meet that vision. And it seems like you had a vision. You're like, this can't be that hard. I've got to figure this out. I want to be able to be good at this thing because it's an interest of mine. If you would have quit, you would have never known. Correct. And and I think it's so true in, in anything in life. It's like, if you don't, if you don't at least give it the old college try, you don't align yourself with the right people who can give you maybe tips and tricks and insights along the way and help you reach the big vision that you have for your future makes it a little bit harder. So I think aligning yourself with the right people is so powerful and important. Um, So Oliver, when you think about personally, your, your, your future here at Sweet Financial, I know we kind of opened up with this a little bit, but you know, is there anything else that, that you really feel excited about, that you're energized about, that kind of gets you excited to get out of bed in the morning? Yeah, so certainly. So 
when we think, you know, transitions are are all around us, and I think transitions can mean different things to different people. Some transitions in life, I think, are planned. Some are unplanned. So when we think about maybe the planned ones, uh, career changes, I'm retiring from something, retiring to something. But certainly there are, of course, un unplanned transitions as well. Health can change, uh, a, death, a death of a loved one. So I think the... Um, you know, as we look at transition, the dream architect planning process is really outlining a roadmap to ideally uh, navigate those transitions with confidence. I think that really, you know, give, gives excitement for the future that there is a, a a path forward and making educated, informed decisions about the future and having a having a, a plan in place to to give you confidence really really gives me excitement. Mm, yeah. That's awesome, Oliver, and. We opened up with this formal bio, but it really plays into the strengths and Oliver's so humble in his approach. And I know I'm talking about you again, like you're not sure. here, um, but it's, it's so true. Um, so Oliver, again, because I have to ask the question, uh, when you think about your future, even outside of sweet financial, what is one of your big call it dreams or aspirations that you have for your future? Sure. So I would say throughout life thus far, I've probably made the decision to not travel a whole lot or not travel as much as others. I've certainly done done uh, a, a decent amount of traveling and it's probably relative as to how much travel I've done, but I there's some great spots in the United States that I would like to uh, like to visit. I would think of like the Grand Canyon or Alaska. A lot of people have been to Alaska and the great the great beauty of Alaska. So I'm um, just uh, looking forward to uh, or aspiring to uh, uh, travel more definitely in the U.S. and, and certainly abroad as well. But uh, yeah, that would be something that uh, uh, certainly look forward to and aspire to to do. Mm. Uh, I think you're so right with there being so many great spots right here under our nose. Mm -hmm. And this is random. This is not scripted. Um, but I'll tell you, I just saw an ad the other day for this awesome cup. And okay. for those listening, a few of us in the off office have some obsessions with cups. So I'm just putting it out there. But it was really neat because it had a little space on the cup and then a sticker associated with it for every national park in the U.S. Okay, that you visited. Sure. So I was like, that's such a cool thing. So I think about uh, ideas for gifts for grandkids or kids who have that maybe travel bug in them sure. that want to explore that. That's kind of a cool way to keep track of it. Yes, so, very neat. Makes sense. Thought, but there you go, Oliver. Excellent. <laughs> All right. So before we wrap up with my very last question, uh, if you have any questions on your individual situation, you want to sit down and just talk to somebody, uh, make sure that you're making informed decisions for your future. You can hop on over to meetwithsweet.com. Uh, it's M-E-E-T with sweet, S-W-E-E-T.com and grab a spot on one of our advisors calendars, a uh, quick 30 minute discovery. It can help you just make sure that you're on the right track, that you're making the right decisions and you're, you're doing things that benefit and support your future. Uh, so Oliver, my very last question, is there anything that I did not ask you that I should have today? Yeah, I don't. Uh, well, I think you, you maybe maybe asked, and I went a different direction with the answer. But we, when we think about uh, legacy, so uh, being intentional with legacy, and again, legacy uh, can mean different things to different people. But if we look at, if we think about where the money kind of will ultimately go, and we think about that and legacy and charitable aspirations, uh, being mindful that different account types go to people. And, and are handled from a tax perspective in different manners. So if you do have charitable aspirations and certain dollar amounts, you do want to go to, to, to charity at some point, 
being intentional about which accounts would go to charity is very is very important and something you'd want to have a conversation uh, about. Um, there couldn't be some kind of surprise tax tax implications if maybe the wrong quote unquote wrong account goes to charity or the wrong account goes to goes to maybe your family. So really, uh, those legacy aspirations, being intentional about which account goes where, is 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 very very key. Mm. As always, Oliver, this has been jam-packed with value. I so appreciate you and what you bring to our clients. Certainly. Well, thank you. Yep. Awesome. Well, that wraps up today's episode of the Dream Architect Life Podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, go ahead and throw us a like, uh, give it a share, share it with somebody that you think could benefit and uh, basically tune in and hear some of the value that was spoke to today and on some of the past episodes. Again, if you would like to grab a spot on one of our advisors calendars, hop on over to meetwithsuite.com. We'll catch you right back here next time. Thank you for listening to the Dream Architect Life Podcast, where money and mindset meet with Brian Sweet and Brittany Anderson. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. If you heard something that really hit home for you, please share it with those you want to be helpful to. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Sweet Financial Partners. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your retirement planning. 